Okay. For the next two minutes, two full minutes, all I want you to do is bitch. Complain about everything that's wrong, and uh, then we'll just get that out of our, out of our system right now. <laughs> so I go out and I have to go get gas because I was too lazy like the last two days, but I need gas. I go out, someone dinged my car last time I was out really well, didn't notice. And then I go get gas and it's up freaking six cents. I almost shit myself. Then I go to the grocery store. Do you think they could make it colder? Like, oh my God. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Lynn. That was an amazing rant. I'm glad that you were able to get that out of your system. But how about we get into the show, shall we? Everybody, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Grit and Grace. It is our pleasure to come to you each and every week here at Mile High Radio. I know it's one of the things that I look forward to each and every week, just as Lynn does. So why don't we just pick it up where we just left off? I already got done getting rid of all the garbage that you're not going to want to listen to. So join us in the conversation with Lynn, Burnett, and myself as we talk about going back to school. And this is going to be a fantabulous show because I think it's going to be really valuable to people that have kids that are in school because, yeah, we don't talk about this a lot. And you see it on social media and you see about the kids going back to school. But then when you get in the thick of things, when you start dealing with the stuff that goes on at school and homework and all that stuff. Oh, man, there's and everybody has different ways of dealing with things. And it can become a real source of aggravation for kids and parents. And uh, <clears throat> this is going to be good because we'll see how you guys deal with it and and share how we deal with it. Well, I think it's pretty universal all across the board. When we, when we start talking about sending our kids to school, there's so many stressors that are there that are really they're they're pretty much universal. We all kind of have the same problems uh, that we face each year with whatever it happens to be, whether it be the stress of a new class that they're, they they weren't quite prepared for, they didn't feel they're prepared for, or if it's a stress of maybe new friendships or losing some friendships, you know, with new kids coming in and different. You know, now their whole class structure. I mean, my my daughter's class has probably 800 kids in her class. So she is going to, she's going to be, you know, in a, in a classrooms with a whole different group of people. Uh And so, and that's going to create a little bit of stress because now they've got to kind of reestablish their social circle again, almost. I mean, they're going to have that, that core group, but they're going to be bringing in more people and that's going to cause some drama. So that's going to cause a whole lot of, a whole lot more uh, pressure on them to perform in a way that they think their friends want them to perform. Exactly. You know, it's so funny, interesting. eh? When you think back when you were in school, like when you look back at it, it's, it's like such a tiny little microcosm of society. Like it's just such a tiny, tiny little world. But you think back and you remember when you were in high school and it's like, that was a big world then so it's it's so interesting to think back on that and yes I agree I do think kids get uh, way too much homework we're going to get into that for sure but would love it love it Um, if you're joining us or anytime you join us uh, please share this out Um, you know I think that there might be some things that you could probably pick up and uh, or or 
the big thing because sometimes we seem to feel like we're struggling alone with our kids and dealing with school and all the things that go along with it. Um, you know, you might find out that, you know what, you aren't alone in the struggles that you go with. And this is good because CJ being a dad, me being a mom, we have kind of different things, but you are very involved with your kids. With I try school to and activities. I, and I really try to be, especially with, with what they're, what they're going through, because I didn't necessarily, um, take high school very seriously. So I can't well, imagine. I. Yeah, well, I can't imagine what I put my parents through, and my daughters have not even come close to putting me through the stuff that they did. And I think a lot of that has to do with how involved we were early on. You know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't something where we just dropped our kids off and we didn't really pay attention to them. Now, I'm not saying that my parents didn't get involved in certain aspects of high school, like for example, wrestling. Uh, you know, my mother literally would drive me to wrestling meets if I wasn't able to make a bus. I remember one instance where I had, I had something going on. I had, I think it was a doctor's appointment something. And I missed the bus to go to Redwood Falls, Minnesota for a wrestling tournament. Now Redwood Falls was about a four hour drive from where we lived. And she, she drove me all the way up there. I wrestled. I did, you know, did well. And I only had, I think it was two matches. So she drove me four hours for two matches. And then when it was all said and done, I, I wanted to ride home with the team. I didn't want to ride home with mom. So because of <laughs> that's that, not cool, right. But still that's, that's the type of things that we do as parents. We understand, we try to understand the social act, uh, the social is, um, aspects of our kids' lives. So you, you make those those sacrifices you kind of put your your kids' needs ahead of your own so she drives back four hours by herself where where i'm out you know partying on the bus with the team after after winning a couple of matches that really don't mean anything anyways yeah yeah you're right we do sacrifice that because we want them to have that social life we want them to you know we want them to be happy but did you, you did so you didn't like did you like school? You know, I think for me personally, I I believe that school was uh kind of a waste of time. Um it wasn't the fact that I I did or didn't like school. It was more of the uh for me it was there were aspects of it that were just extremely too easy. It wasn't very challenging for me. So I didn't care so much for the schoolwork, but the social interaction I was all about. I was I was very involved with different uh, sport uh, sports and drama and um, uh, choir and band. I mean, all those extracurricular things. I was all about that. But mm-hmm. for some reason, I just never did uh, focus in on the actual schoolwork. Like I said, it wasn't challenging. It did so it didn't matter. Yeah, it, that didn't change until I went to college. And in college, you, you kind of get a whole different perspective. But yeah, it was and now my kids on the other hand, it's just the opposite. You know, they're more focused on their schoolwork and less on the extracurriculars. Even though wow. they are even though they're both involved in extracurricular activities, that's not where their focus is at. Wow. Huh. Well, I a lot like you. There was uh I thought a lot of it was yeah, a waste of time when I was having to do these things that I had no interest in whatsoever. 
and you know like western civ like i knew i was not going to have a future in western <laughs> civ and geography i pretty much knew in grade 12 that my future career was not going to involve topography like <laughs> you know i i just it's amazing i even graduated i skipped out I was barely there the last three months of, of high school. It's amazing that I even gradu passed and graduated, like by the skin of my teeth, because I was so sick of school. I was so sick of it uh, that I just could not wait to leave. And my parents wanted me to jump into college right away. That first September that came around when it was back to school, I was like, I am not, and you can't make me anymore. Like, <laughs> I am not jumping. I am so sick of sitting in a classroom, and I don't even know yet what I want to do. But I did take an English class, just one. I, I think it was a creative writing and English class. And thank God I did, because when I did figure out what I wanted to do was I wanted to go into being a legal assistant. My graduating English grade wasn't high enough because I had skipped out so much. <laughs> but I got a good grade in, in when I went to college and took that extra English class. But yeah, I was, you know, my main thing was I got in trouble a lot for talking a lot. <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> and rolling my eyes. <laughs> Those were the two things. I got kicked out of a French class in grade 12. We had a teacher. I think she's, I think she had, I think she was bipolar or something. I don't know, but she was very much French from Europe. She was European French. I took French immersion. So my schooling was in French and uh, she used to ask us all the time. She was very French. So she used to ask us. So wait, 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 stop, stop. Hold on, hold on a second. What constitutes very french well she was parisian french sorry she was parisian french okay so very so parisian and means very i got you okay let's go on let's continue no. <laughs> <laughs> and no and and she barely spoke any english okay so, so that would be very like french that would be like all those uh all those people from the United States going over to China to speak, China, you know, to teach Chinese kids how to speak English. They don't speak Chinese, but they're going to teach English. How do you? How does no, that work? She was French. No, no, she was teaching French. Okay, but how she does that work? She was our French though? teacher. I just, I, I guess, I'm trying French. to figure that out. Where if they can't explain to you in a language that you understand, how are you supposed to understand? what it is that you're oh, being taught. Oh, we had taught. already been taking French ever since grade seven. And oh, this was okay. grade 12. Gotcha. And I was French. Like, I, it was French anyway. My dad always spoke French at home. So I already understood it. But she, I guess, was trying to learn English. And she would ask us um, how to say a certain word in English. And we'd tell her. And, and she, if she didn't like our answer, she'd freak out on us. So <laughs> she had a big freak out one day and started calling us a bunch of, um, uh, like, savages, basically. <laughs> but she was saying it in French. And I, and she used to do this all the time. And one day I had enough. I snapped. I stood up in class and I lost my mind on her. And I got kicked out, but I had to apologize before I got let back in. But I, I just, school was so restrictive. Like it was so restrictive. There was things I wanted to do. There was, and, and just, you couldn't, you know, it's, if school is really about conforming, fitting in and memorizing. And if, if, you know, if you're not like that and you're, there's things that you're not interested in, they're just, you're going to, 
days. You're just going to not pay attention. And yeah, there are some, there's some kids that it doesn't matter what you teach them. They're going to get straight A's because they're just going to do their best and they're going to study. And that that's just their thing. They have to. That conformity just is ingrained in them and that, that just makes sense to them. You yeah. know, and I think, I think you hit on a huge spot right there because there are so many different people in the world and they're learning new things about how people bring in information. You know, we see this on social media, even how like one group of uh, marketing um, ad sets will, will work differently for each individual. Some of them want to know all about the technical aspect of something where other people want to know how that something is just going to make them feel. They don't care about the technical aspect. And, yeah. you, know, you know, in school, it's the same way. It's when we're teaching our kids, you'll notice if you have two children, they'll look, pick things up way differently. My oldest daughter, it was extremely difficult for me to uh, explain to her and show her how to hit a softball and play softball. She loved doing it, but it was very difficult for her to pick up the mechanics of it the way I was help, trying to teach her. Mm-hmm. Now, my oldest daughter, when when it came to ice skating, teaching her how to do crossovers, left and right crossovers, she picked that up so easily because it wasn't necessarily the, it wasn't, she wasn't the feel good. She didn't need to feel how those crossovers were going to make her do. Whereas Kara, she, she really wanted that. Um, she wanted to feel like she was a playing ball. Does that make sense? Yeah. She wanted the emotional aspect of playing softball. Whereas Kara, she, or Cassie in the ice skating, she wanted the technical, um, the technical superiority of being able to perform that maneuver perfectly. So there was two very different style of children and in learning how to, it was just as difficult for me as a parent learning how to teach them how to do these things as it was for them to be able to find something that they loved about learning that particular thing. So she is kinesthetic learner. Mm-hmm. She has the feeling of it. Yeah. And that's the problem is it, but you know what I have to say school, well, at least here, I mean, there's thousands of schools, but the school that my son goes to, they are, they're trying, they're trying to appeal to the different levels. And I know I've had some teachers just one was just so exasperated. If I could have given her an award to try to like, make this subject appealing to my son for him to pay attention i said i i like you know <laughs> bow down to you i i yeah. know you've done everything you can he does not care does not care there's nothing that you could do she tried to appeal to him every which way and that is an important thing too because i am not the kind that i don't demand straight a's i don't demand straight b's i don't uh you know, think of it, you know, yourself. We always seem to have higher demands and expectations of our kids than we do of ourselves. We don't feel like doing something. We don't do it. And we feel justified in doing it because we're an adult. But we don't, we have different expectations when it comes to our kids. Well, they're not like these weird people that feel different. They're humans too. And if they're not interested in something, I know if I'm not interested in something, I'm not going to do well at it. And kids aren't any different. And so I'm not one of those that demands these but I do demand good grades in the classes that he's good at because if he doesn't do well, I know he's slacking off because I know he can do better. <laughs> and and I demand, I can't say demand, but I expect good grades in the classes, in the classes that he is good at and that I know are going to carry him through 
further in life because he's already doing those things. See what I've always seen though with my oldest daughter, she she at one time she used to be extremely good in math. And then when she got into high school, that changed. It was like a, a flip of the switch. Algebra was not her thing. You know, putting putting a letter in front of a number and mean, making it mean something made no sense to her. But and she struggled and since and that was the same year they switched over to this new new type of math where they you know there's new math where they want them to understand why it is why a equals four they not just how to get the answer but why you're getting the answer that you're getting which is who really cares i don't have to know why two plus two equals four i just have to be able to make two plus two equal four so i can do the things that i need to do so with this new math coming out it totally confused her it's like an oxymoron. New math. Math is math is math. Right. Exactly. You I know, I hate it when they come up with this this new English, this new math. I'm like, <laughs> just ah. Uh, yeah, that's it's another thing I hate about. <laughs> you know, they're trying. They're constantly trying to change how children learn, and it's no, it's no uh, secret. Children are are way more intelligent at a younger age than we were when we were that same age. And it has nothing to do with your ability to learn or what you're learning. It's the resources that that they're available to use now versus the resources that we had. You, We had the Encyclopedia Britannica. That was our iPad. If it wasn't in there, you didn't know it. You couldn't find it. There was no, oh, I'll just pull out my my cell phone that has more computing power than the Apollo 13, you know, spaceship. It's, we just, yeah, that's so true. Right. We it, had like the best freaking encyclopedia set ever. Right. When I was a kid. Oh, I know. And you'd spend hours going through them, just looking at different things and you'd see a picture and it excites you and you'd read through it, but you were still only getting this much information. You weren't getting, a, I mean, you go on to, uh, Google now, and if you if you want to do a report on rhinoceros, you're going to find three and a half million websites dedicated just to rhinoceros. Yeah. It's it's insane the amount of imp- information that children are exposed to now versus where we were. So yes, they're more intelligent. They they've got more resources than we had, but just because they have these resources does not necessarily mean you have to change the way that you've been teaching things for so many years. I know with this new, this new, that like just yeah, teach them and try and help them learn in the way that appeals to them the most. But I, you know, yeah, I, and, uh, and you'd come home with so many books, like so many books. Cause then you'd have, and if you didn't have an encyclopedia set, then you were going to the school library and you're checking out all these books and, Oh my God, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, it's just so much easier now. But yeah, it's uh, it's crazy now, the new things that they're bringing out. And, uh, you know, and, and getting back to expectations, you know, we do set those higher expectations on our children. It, there's no doubt. So what? Did, what but, is, how does it work at your house? Well, like what do you have expectations or like what do you expect like straight A's or what? I don't expect straight A's, but I expect them to do the best that they have or but they how can do, you know do. They're doing their best. Well, this is how I know when they're doing their best. When my daughter came home with a D in math, she had never had anything less than an A all the way up until that point. 
<laughs> Thanks a lot, Stacy. I appreciate you. Yeah, don't look up Beaver. That's that's not good. But um, I think I think I remember that story. I think it was Xander or something like that. My my nephew Alex, he had to do a, a report or something like that on a, on Beaver, and he had to he Googled Beaver and he got yeah wow. <laughs> Anyways, for, I don't think any uh, uh, young boy should be experiencing the beautiful side of Google, I guess at that early of an age. But anyways, we're getting off topic. You know, oh my I, God, that's funny. I know that my daughters are doing their best when we're not, when they come home, they know they have that D and they are going out on their own to get the help that they need to bring that up. When they're reaching out to their friends because they might, because they do, they have friends. This person might be better in math. This person's better in English. This person's better in history, whatever. If they're reaching out to their friends, trying to get help to get that grade up themselves, then I know that they're doing everything they can. They want to do better. Mm-hmm. But if they're if they're not doing and that's a nice thing about the school system is I can check online and see at any given time whether or not they have all their assignments in this, that and the other, which had that been around when I was that age, maybe I would have had better grades. Then again, maybe not. I was kind of stubborn, but uh, yeah, we have that too. I can see, and I'll, you know, I'll be like, um, Logan, you're missing three assignments. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Which yes. ones? And I'm like, come and look. Like, yeah. okay, well, I just handed that one in today. Okay, so that is very handy. Yeah. But when they go out and they're looking for help, if they're actively trying, or if they're coming to us and saying, "Hey, Dad, I don't understand this." I can t- I can look at it and I can say, you know what? I don't understand this either. So let's let's learn it together. Because then I found that that really has worked. I mean, believe it or not, there's stuff that they bring home and it's like, wow, I, I forgot I even was ever exposed to this. And uh, when I mean, yeah. when we start talking about polyhedrons and things like that, I'm like, oh, crap. When did I learn that? Shit. When have I ever used that? Oh, my God. So we sit down together. We learn it together. And for some reason, that seems to really work for them as well. Yeah. Well, my son was in elementary. I had to Google how to divide. <laughs> I'm like, like, you know, when you, you have the number and then you have like that, right? It goes <laughs> up. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Let me Google it. Oh, wow. I had to Google the instructions. That's when he was in elementary school. But I mean, I see, I have not used that. And how much time do you spend on that? No, I have a calculator. Like, I don't know how to do that. It's funny how we do that. We say that. We've even, this, we make that, uh, oh, what's the word that I'm trying to use here? We justify our lack of comprehension and retention for the stuff that we learned by saying, well, I'll never use it. I don't use that in my everyday life or I don't use that in my job. So we justify the fact that, you know, we don't know it to our children, to the people around us, to everybody because we don't use it. But at the same time, you know, it's like I, I tell you, I'm not very good at writing. I, I, for some reason, I just have this inability. I think there's a, there's a, like a gate in my hand when I start writing the gate opens up and all the good words take a right turn and all the words that kind of run together stay and go down through the pen. And there it is. But, um, 
you know, even even saying that, it's not the fact that I can't write something. It's just I, I don't understand the format. And because I don't understand the format, you know, the proper format, being able to, you know, write a sentence and be able to conjugate all the verbs and this, that and the other. Sometimes people look at it like, um, this don't make sense. You, you need to rewrite that. And I've, I've had that happen to me. And it's it makes you kind of think, hmm, maybe if I would have paid a little bit more attention to Mrs. Moose back in the ninth grade. I wouldn't have so many uh, people telling me that you need to rewrite this. Okay, well, that, <laughs> English, yeah, you do use it every day. So that, yes. But do we use it in, yes, in, you the, in the scholastic, day, but, but not in the scholastic term. I mean, you think about how we learned those things. You you had to conjugate you know, your sentence. You had to pick out your noun, your pronoun, your prepositional phrase, your verb, your adjective. You had all these different parts of your sentence and then you have to figure out, you have to understand the rules of how to put those damn things in the right sequence in order to create a damn sentence. We don't write the way we talk. That's just, it's not going to happen. Well, so no, English, the no, spoken light but word. But times where we do have to do some things. I do think English is very important. Sure. It, and it as is. As far as math, there's ways that I can get around that. I can't get around having to write to somebody or, but I mean, in the terms of the way I would write, wouldn't be strict. Right. Right. But, but that goes but back to, point, but still, I still do not use algebra and I still don't do long division. But that and goes back to the stressors. That hmm? goes back to the stress that parents have to, I mean, we're just talking about the scholastic aspect. We haven't even touched and scratched the surface on the social aspect just the scholastic aspect of the pressures that our children are under. And we feel that stress as parents. We feel that stress because we want them to succeed. We want them to do well. And be, when, when they start failing and they start falling behind, it, it's almost brought, it's almost like a reflection on us and the ability to help them succeed again. Yeah. I just want him to get through it, and I cannot <laughs> wait till he friggin' gets through it. That's all I want. I'm just just pass, like just pass. We'll make it together. We'll just get through this. <laughs> hey, we're in this together, kid. Come on, <laughs> follow me. <laughs> I, get on my I, six. I'll take you through. <laughs> I hate it. I just I don't like it, and I and and he has always said he doesn't like it. I mean, there's sometimes that he has, but and I've always always been very careful to say. Um. Oh yeah, I agree with you. Like, you know, I've always been careful to not to influence that. But when he's like, "God, I hate school. It's such a waste of time," I'm thinking, "Yeah, I'm there with you, buddy. I totally agree there." Like, I just I feel that I I wish they'd focus more on what you know. Once you get into grade ten, it you pretty much know sort of a, a kid's strengths, what their interests are, what they lean towards. I'd like to see more. Um, more things for them to start creating that career if they want it more you know like let's if you know if they don't want to do science if they don't want to do social studies if they don't want to I think by grade 10 you've learned a lot you know what country you live in you know what the world looks like you know you know I think you know the basics you've drawn how many maps and colored how many maps and all of that I think by grade 10 
let's start getting them towards, okay, these are your strengths. Okay, let's point you in that direction. I think there's so much time wasted and, and they feel that they need to teach them these things. And I just, yeah, I just feel a lot of it is a waste of time and it's just torture. Well, definitely. I think I think they would spend a, a lot more time concentrating on schoolwork if it led them down the path that they were looking to go down. For yeah. you know, for example, if you have someone who wants to be a, a doctor or maybe uh, something in the science fields, those last two years of high school, maybe they should spend a little bit more time in the sciences versus the social study and the histories and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas if somebody wants to go on and become an accountant, maybe they stay more on the math side of things. So yeah, I get it. I mean, those last two years are very important to set them up. And I am not one of these people that doesn't believe that college is advantageous to children. I definitely wholeheartedly believe that college is there's still a purpose for college. And those, those last two years could, can really help set somebody up for, for a successful career later on going through college, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. especially those doctors and lawyers and you know, the, those, those trades where college is just vitally important. Now, if you're going to be into marketing, you don't need to go to college to be into marketing. I mean, you can learn that a million different ways. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to go and Google or YouTube how to be a doctor and repair an appendix. It's That's not where I'm going to go. Yeah, no, there's some things you just can't learn that way. Yeah, I'd like to see that a little bit more. I think, you know, there has been some reform in school, but it still frustrates the shit out of me. And I can never, uh, I'm always so excited for school break. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's a tough, it's a tough thing school it really is a tough uh and one thing i find i don't know i'd like to know if your girls are like this i wish they'd start school later in the morning it's too damn early (laughs) yeah well (laughs) okay uh we've we've had this discussion in our house um i've got one child who says they need to start earlier so they can be done earlier in the afternoon and i got one that says no they should start later so uh, and I'll just I'll just go later in the afternoon. So I've got one on both sides of the field oh, there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, which is funny because the one that wants to start earlier, she wants to start at like six thirty in the morning so she can be done by one thirty in the afternoon so she can go and work a part time job after school and still have the time to be able to accomplish what she needs to do for school. So she's wow. got that focus, that mindset. And the other yeah. one, she's like, No, I don't go to bed until two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> You know, I and, and I get it. She's she's a night owl. She's gonna be like me. She's gonna be like my wife. She's gonna be like a lot of people out there who get their yeah. their best work is done after the lights go out. Yeah, and and that's the way she is. I mean, she doesn't do her homework when she gets home. She waits until she's laying in bed, and she does her homework when she's laying in bed. Yeah, you know. So it's you two different. Very different personalities. Wow. Yeah. See, because, you know, I've read articles and I'm sure you've seen them too about how a teen develops and how a teen needs more sleep. And it really is, you know, I have so many friends with teens that they all struggle trying to get their teen up and it's a struggle for them. I mean, and, and everybody's different, of course, but there is a large majority because of the way teens are. And so I go through that. See, it's I hard s- to get my son up. I stopped getting my children up when they were in ninth grade. 
Actually, I would say it's even actually probably about eight, seventh or eighth grade. We stopped getting my kids up. It was their responsibility. We we start putting that he on them. He wouldn't go to school. It's well, he then they've go got. To school if I didn't get them. Well, then they have they have uh, re- repercussions for that. You know, so we we really started looking at that aspect of it. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the things I wrote down. Um, When it comes to, you know, your children, especially in high school, you have to start laying those responsibilities on them. And when they don't follow through, they have to have severe enough consequences to where they're going to understand the gravity of what's going to happen after school. Because you can you you've only got a short period of time and think about it. Your son's what, 11th grade right now, 10th grade or 11th grade? Going into 11. Go, okay, so going into 11. He's yeah. got two years before he's looked at as an adult and he is going to be expected to act as an adult when yeah. he has that job. Oh, I'm sorry, my mom didn't wake me up is not a very good excuse. I think that it dep- I think part of it is that it's school because there's other things that he's had to get up early for. He sets his alarm. Bang, he's up way yeah. before his alarm. He's ready to go. He's got his shit together. He's ready to go. It's the whole thought of school, and I totally agree. <laughs> now, Cassidy, she is the exact same way. Oh, wow. That girl, she if if she um, had to wake up in the morning, it doesn't matter what it's... And she's actually the one that loves going to school. She loves the social aspect of being in school like I did. Yeah. So she, if you gave her a choice, she would rather be in school than to be at home. But uh, you tell her that it's her responsibility to get up and go to work, uh, go to school on her own. She is going to be the last person out of bed. She is not probably going to take a shower because she waited too long. She'll throw her hair up in a messy bun and wear pajamas to school. That's so funny. That's Cassidy. Kara, on the other hand, if she's got to be at school at eight, she is up at six o'clock in the morning. She's in the shower. She's doing her hair. She's getting ready for the day. She is that person. I mean, that that's her. Yeah. I have no idea who she takes after because that is not <laughs> me. That is not my wife. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm that person where I'll wait to, okay, it takes me five minutes to get to work. It takes me two minutes to take a shower. Yeah, okay. how close can I cut it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have to be up at 7.54 and a half. Okay, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. If it's something he likes, he'll definitely, the effort is there. I know when it's something that he likes, he is particular, he's anal, he, you know, he, he's all there. So, and if he's not interested in it, it's, it's half-assed and, uh, (laughs) but you know, it's amazing. Like when my son started high school, if they, oh, I'm so glad they didn't do this when I was in high school. Like if you, if, if they mark you away, if you're late for a class or if they, if you walk in late, which my son is almost late every day, but <laughs> if you're late, they send an automated, like a, you get an automated phone call saying that your kid did, was not in school today because he happened no. to miss it. I'm thinking, Oh my God, I'm so glad they didn't have that when I was in school. <laughs> like, holy crap. Like you can't even skip out now. Oh, I like, know. That was my... part of like high school culture. You skipped out. Could you get away with it? <laughs> Like now you can't. And then I get the, your son, a, a person in your household named, and they say his name was away. Please send a note to school. I'm like, F you. I've never sent a note to school ever. Like maybe I didn't want to send him to school. That's my business. I'm not writing you a note. Yeah. And that's, that's like I'm us like too. Rebellious. <laughs> it takes me right back to high school. 
I'm not writing a note. Like, <laughs> you didn't go to school. None of your business. Yeah, well, our kids, you know, if if we don't call the the school and tell them, hey, this per- they're not going to be in school today, it's unexcused. It doesn't matter if you call after or whatever. You have to call before school. And I don't know how many times I've been on my way to work because I know the girls aren't going to school for, you know, for doctor's appointments or whatever it is. We, I I just forgot, you know, I didn't call them. And next thing you know, Corinne's calling me up on the phone saying, hey, why didn't you call the school? The girls didn't go to school. Why didn't you call? I'm like, uh, I forgot. You usually do that. You know, yeah. that's, you know, why didn't that's, you call? <laughs> right. But, you know, and that's the other thing, you know, parents, we always stress about, I was like, who's responsible for what? You know, because yeah. parents, we're not on the same pages either. We we got to figure out who the hell is responsible so for doing tip. this and doing that, blah, blah, blah. This is what you do. If I know my son ain't going to school the next day if he's sick, I call the night before and leave a message so I can sleep in. I'm not getting up early just to make a phone call. Call well, the night before and leave a message. There you go. There's my tip. Well, there, you know, that's a good tip. And uh, But the problem is we don't necessarily know. Okay, so here's what we did. This is okay, one of well, the yeah. Sometimes you don't know, but if you do know, right? That's that's a great tip. That's a really great tip. One of the things that we do with our kids, and I know a lot of parents do this, and we we create school contracts. Not saying that uh, not a contract that's going to hold them to a standard that they can't make. If it's unreal, if they're like, "Well, I'm going to have straight A's the first semester," or this, that, and the other. We don't, we don't want them to set themselves up for failure like that. So what we do is we do another type of contract. We say attendance wise, for example, they commit to doing a ten, you know, to maintaining a certain level of, t- of attendance, but we always build into it where they have just skip days. They, if they decide, you know what, I don't want to go to school today. All right, fine. That's your skip day. Do you have that? Awesome. Oh, no. I'm so happy you said that. No, that's... I think, you know what? We promote self-care days as adults. I think kids should have them too. Absolutely. They have pressures too. I mean, it's all relative. Okay, good. Yeah, that's so that's one of the things I think that because we've done that since they were little, I think that's one of the things that the kids have really kind of grasped onto. And it's almost, I don't want to say it's a reward because it's not there to be a reward. But it's it's there to let them understand that, hey, look, there's those days where instead of lying to me and say, eh, I just don't feel well. If you just say, hey, look, I don't want to go to school today. It, it's so much easier as a parent to just say, you know, what, then don't don't go. If you don't want yeah. it. You don't feel it. Just don't. Yeah. But you have to. But they're still expected to maintain what they would have done the day that they missed. So good at faking illness to not go to school. Oh yeah, it, it, so good at that. I I thought I was good, and at at one point I think my parents just kind of like they'd seen it all, but you know, just like yeah, new. You did it too up. much then. Oh, I did, <laughs> I did. I, in fact, I did it to the point where it was so worn out, and uh, so I just decided, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to go to school, and I'm going to start skipping out at lunchtime, and then. And then eventually yeah. it got to be, well, screw it. I just, you know, skip out at Christmas break and yeah. forgot to go back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but God, that happens. But that happens. <laughs> um, yeah. So this, 
that's uh that's the kind of are awesome you're like super parents i wouldn't call us super parents i would call us uh you know i don't i don't know exactly what i would call us i'd call us more like uh uh parents of convenience (laughs) sometimes it's just convenient sometimes it's just convenient not to have to take the kids to school in the morning And I have taken care. I have taken advantage of those convenient times. <laughs> right. No, you don't need to go to school today. Was, I love snow days. Yeah, oh gosh, that's bad when a parent looks forward to snow days more than the kids do, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, the night before, I'm like, oh god, please just snow, because just snow, because I want to. I don't want to get up. The problem Make with lunches and oh my god, <sighs> it's just I. I don't like it because I'm a night owl and my son's a night owl, so we both. You know, both of us, it's like three in the morning. We're like, I'm like, Logan, like, we got to go to bed. <laughs> but he's like started some big project and I've got like my office ripped apart. And so that's tough when you're a night owl. That's tough. And when you want to focus on different things, it's tough. So I feel the pain of that because him and I are very much alike that way. But uh, yeah, it's tough. And homework is just so much homework i i see what people have to go through sometimes with homework and like you were talking about before if you don't really understand what they're doing and it's been years it's been 30 years since you've learned this stuff it's it's, stressful it is you know and the the social anxiety from high school I'm sure you deal with that with your son. I know I deal no, with that. Actually, no. Oh that's wow. The only thing I don't deal. See, maybe that's just a daughter thing. Maybe, maybe because I've got daughters, and most of the social anxiety you would think would be because of boyfriends, but it's not. It. it I was other girls. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, what are you talking about? I thought my daughter came home from school last year, and she was talking about this bully and blah blah blah. And okay, so here's the thing, folks. I don't believe in bullying. I believe in children should be allowed to stand up for themselves. So the teachers out there that watch this kind of stuff, if you're that person that'd be like, oh, the poor boy, yeah, yeah, you're being bullied. You know what? Let the kids stand up. Let a kid get a black eye. Let a kid take a shot to the nose. I guarantee you they will end up a whole lot better for that in the long run. But anyways, that was my little soapbox there for a second. Hey, no, I totally agree with you. I <laughs> totally agree with you on that. If some kid's going to taunt and then cause some kid's finally had enough and going to defend himself, let the kid freaking that zero tolerance bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, there's got to be. That's just the politically correct stuff that they've put in schools. I understand it in terms of bullying, but <laughs> excuse me. If a kid's going to stand up for himself, let him stand up for himself. There's, there's, there's levels of bullying. I mean, there, there's literally, there's that level of bullying where if a child is allowed to stand up for themselves early on, when it starts, Mm -hmm. it's going to stop. But because of this zero tolerance part, this, this whole thing where just tell on somebody or just, just tell the teacher or do this because of that, what we've done is we've actually developed a system of bullying where it is stepped up. Okay, you went and told the teacher. Now it's not just me bullying you. Now it's me and everybody else that's in my clique. We're going to be picking on you because now you're the social outcast because you told on us. And then it's going to go from there to the next level. So what we've done by creating this, by, by you know, this whole bully thing, 
We've created the system that we're trying to prevent is really yeah. what happened. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. You have to let the people that are bugging you know quickly and firmly from the beginning you're not going to take it. And When I was in school, I'll tell you a story. When I was in school, I was um, – these three girls came up to me, three, and both of them in line walking towards me, saying shit to me. The one in the middle pokes me in the chest kind of keeps pushing me and pushing me and of course you're kind of freaked out here's three big girls I'm not a big person and she pushed me one last time and because I kept walking backwards I tripped over a giant boulder that happened to be there as a decoration fell over backwards that made me lose my mind I stood up and like roared these three girls ran never got trouble never never had trouble again you know, there's, that's exactly what you need, though. All you have to do is you need to talk to your kids. You need to talk to them. You need to tell them that it's okay to stand defend up for yourself. yourself. It's okay to, to, yeah, defend yourself. It's okay to fight back. I'm not saying, you know, take guns and knives and chains and whips. I mean, this is not West Side Story by any means. But at the same time, you have to have that conversation with your children whether you start it now or you started it back when they're kids, you need to have that conversation where you sit down and you explain to them that you, you don't want them to start the fight. They are not the bully. You don't want your children to be the bully, but you don't want them to back down either. You know that? Yeah. And I mean, and try and talk to them. I mean, you know, that like try and, you know, either ignore or, you know, something like, I would never say like right away smash them in the face, but <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I mean, try and within do reason. some other things first. But if it if it's relentless and they keep coming at you, and if they are you know push you or hit you or whatever, then that's different. I remember one girl in school too; she kept bugging me all the time and bugging me and teasing me and tormenting me, and I said something back to her that I knew would piss her off just to do it because I'd had enough. I told her something really bad about her grandma or something. I said something nasty. Mm. So that got her really mad, <laughs> of course. But I'd had enough from her. As soon as I stepped out of the door of the school, she freaking jumped on me. And, and so we got into a fight, the one-time physical fight. And I had her by the hair, bent over backwards over that school railing, and I wasn't going to friggin let her push me around anymore and the teachers ended up coming out and but that was it like we didn't get suspended we didn't get like nothing and, and but she knew like you know it was like we agree to not be in each other's world and there was no more trouble after that like you have to you know yeah so with bullying being one just one aspect of of the social stressors that we face as parents and as, as uh, kids in high school, I want you in the chat right now. There's a few people there and I see this. And if you're watching this on replay, I want you to write down also. I don't want you to do this also. If you've ever, if you were a victim of bullying at any time in high school, do you think that there is a way that you possibly could have maybe changed that experience by standing up for yourself? And if not, why do you feel that way? And if so, 
tell me what happened. I mean, I want to know because I want to be able to, to talk about this maybe on a future show because I think this is an important topic. But, uh, you know, moving along, you know, there's other stressors, social stressors as well. Um, I, one I can think of is, you know, being exposed to alcohol and drugs every year. You know, in high school, it's usually around that 10th, 11th grade year where kids are starting to be exposed to those even more uh, aggressively, I would say. Well, I think it's earlier now. Well, it is early. Like grade seven, grade eight. Yeah. And I've seen it as early as even grade five. We've had we've we've had children here in in our school system who have been arrested and taken to juvenile detention centers for having marijuana and in drugs in the school as, as early as grade five. So it's there it's there's, they are getting exposed to it younger, but you're seeing more use, more consistent use. I would say about the, you know, that grade 10, 11, especially with alcohol, because that is when, you know, you're starting to let your kids go out and do more partying with their friends. When I say partying, I'm not saying, Oh yeah, we're going to a party. Woo. Cause your kids use that word party. Red flags grow up because we were there. We went partying. We know what they're about. But uh, they go in there hanging out with friends. Alcohol becomes involved more prevalently. prevalently. And, uh, yeah, we see a lot more happening. So I think uh, I think that worries a lot of parents. I know it worried me a lot. Yeah, it did me too, but I've not had any issues with my son, and I don't. He's just so not, that is so not his focus. And he, um, so our neighbors, you know, when they're out there smoking pot in the backyard, it wafts over and it comes into my office and he smells it. And I mean, I, you know, I've told him, he knows what it is and he, and we'll be outside doing something in the backyard and he'll go, Oh, the air fresheners out. Like, (laughs) Oh, we just lost Lynn. What happened? Apparently somebody doesn't like people talking about their air freshener. So they killed her feed. But uh, so, hey, I just I just disappeared over on that side, too. <laughs> wow. Hey, there. you're back. <laughs> you're back. We just kind of disappeared there for a second. I'm looking over on Facebook and I'm not there, but I couldn't see you and you couldn't see uh, me. So, no. So, yeah. So, you know, I've, I've had conversations with my son about, you know, drugs and alcohol, and he thinks it's ridiculous that people would want to do anything that would alter their, you know, uh, my son is, for lack of a better word, it's, he's like Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. He, (laughs) that is him. Like, he's into science and math and building and that kid started taking shit apart, um, tormented me from the time he was two. I mean, you take him for a walk as a two, three-year-old and the kid's looking under the bench telling me there's a screw missing from the bench. I mean, that is really what, you know, he'd notice burnt out light bulbs and, you know, at the store. Like, that's his thing. And so he spends hours, like, he just got bought himself a 3D printer. Wow. Yeah, he saved up the money and he's done some, like, landscaping jobs with our neighbor who has a landscaping company he saved up his money wanted a 3d printer he's been talking about him ever since it came out finally got one got it last week took him all day and all night till like two in the morning to put it together that kid can be focused like you've never seen so that's 
to him what's important. All that other stuff is ridiculous to him. Like, so I'm like, okay, I don't think that'll, but you never know. You never know. But, but you're talking about something where like engineer level type stuff. That's another one of those areas where it's not a bad idea to be good in math and go to college for it. Oh, exactly. So yeah, it's... no, he's good in math and, and he's very much into science and he's, you should see the shit he designs and <laughs> he makes me worried. There's times where he's mixed stuff. He's made like rocket launchers and I'm like, are you like, is that safe? I see things mixed together. Are you going <laughs> to, is like, is the house going to blow up? Like what is in that? Or sometimes, yeah, I have this, this odd smell and I'm like, I run to the garage. What are you doing? I smell something like what is going on? Like, it just freaks me uh, out. So I don't think I have to worry. Um, the social thing isn't as important as the plans he has for the things he wants to do in life. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Well, I know with uh, our nephew, we tried to do use his uh, passion for drawing. He was really good at designing cars and things like that. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to go to school. He wanted to design cars, work for you know Chevrolet or Ford or something. And we kept telling him, hey, if these are the things, these are the steps you're going to have to take in order to get a job like that. We showed it to him. We even went as far as uh, um, you know, downloading all the information, the requirements to have this job. What do they expect to be able to have this job? And showed it to him. Yeah. It didn't click. It still, it didn't take, really? it didn't matter. Um, just because that was what he was good at doesn't mean, did not mean that he was yeah. going to continue or just, you know, turn over and say, oh, well, I guess I better start putting my assignments in and this, that, and the other. It didn't matter. It, yeah. it just, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. So we're coming up right there. We're at that moment. We oh, have Frank. to. I know it's, it's over already. So we, so much more to say, you know, it's, there's so much to be said. Like I said, nobody has this conversation, not in this type of a, a, a setting. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do at those times? And, and yeah, like, how do you handle it? And how do you, how do you get through it? Because it's, they don't go through it alone. There's high school years. They don't go through it alone. Definitely not. And I know we have to be there every step of the way. So we always try to support the things that they're doing, but just like we support what they are doing and they're doing well, we also have to start supporting the decisions that they make because this is the time of their lives where they're going to start really stretching out and making decisions that are more adult like decisions. And we have to let them do that and support those decisions, whether mm -hmm. they're right or wrong, they still have to make the decisions because the only way they are going to ever understand what they can do as an adult and how far that they're going to be able to achieve as an adult is by being able to make those decisions on their own. That's a very good point. Yeah, they have to make those decisions. They have to look at that. You know, it's if 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 there's you know things that are late or missing assignments and things like that, I don't I'll make a point of talking about it. But I'm not going to nag him to death. And it, if, if it affects uh, a grade, if it affects something, then that's that's the consequence that you lived with. And, uh, 
you know, that's the decision that you made. That's you have to, you know, you, they have to see the consequences of their actions. And when it gets down to it and they see, ooh, you know, pride, I know for my son, pride is a thing. So when he, he doesn't like, oh, look, I didn't, uh, I didn't do quite too good on that. So yeah, you have to kind of let them lead a little bit, especially when they're in high school, they got to start making these decisions sometimes. So yeah. let them make these decisions and let them deal with yeah. the consequences yeah. of that. And in high school, it's the best time to do it because, well, that's where uh, you still have that safety net. Mom and dad are still there. You're still at the house. You have that safety net. Yeah. So this is the time you got. If you're like Lynn, you got two years left in, of high school. I've got a year left in high school with my oldest and three years left in high school. And I say in high school because, yeah, we are there with them every step of the way. So yeah. you've got two years left. I've got three years left. We are going to be there for them every step of the way. And that is the only way any of us are going to get through this together. Yeah, I think we should walk with a cap and gown across that freaking stage <laughs> with our kids because freaking hell, I think we are to do. That's perfect, Lynn. Yes, we don't do it alone. We are all in this together with each and every one of our children. So, Lynn, why don't you tell everybody how they can catch us on Grit and Grace? <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. So we we have everything. We're going to have the audio posted um, of this show and hopefully the video as well. And we have uh, everything everywhere you can find us on our website at www.gritandgracetv.com. And uh, we have the links to our iTunes, our Stitcher, tune in. We are played on milehighradio.com. Go and check them out. You can download the apps. Uh, they are an internet-based radio station. They play 24/7 shows, music. Check them out. I think uh, I think Floyd and Slip might be on right now, actually. Oh, Pink Floyd. But check out all that information on our website. Uh, we would love, love, love it if you'd leave us a review either on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/gritandgracetv, and uh, you can also leave a review on our website, Grit and Grace. TV.com. And until next time, you don't have to be perfect to be that perfect solution. Peace. Stay wild. Grit and Grace is brought to you by Ripka Media Group and produced by Saloon 7 Studios. And we are proud to be part of the Mile High Radio family, delivering talk that makes a difference. <laughs>